You know, sometimes I think about that and I want to kill myself. <laughs> Why don't you think about it right now? Oh, Out loud. Because <laughs> I want to hear it. And I'm sure the fans. <sighs> oh my God. I was so cringe in high school. Fine, fine. I'll talk about it. So in my senior year production of Les Mis, I decided that, you know, as somebody who was not a lead, I definitely <laughs> needed vocal rest. What were you? I was just in a fucking ensemble. <laughs> I was just I a dude in the background. Love it. I was whore number one, to be exact. You were the main character in your story, though. Yeah, I really was, honestly. I kind of made it my my own main story. There you go. Yeah, me and the other whores. I was mama whore. I had a few baby whores. It was great. Fantastic. Go Go on. So I decided to put myself on vocal rest. So just like trying my best not to talk as much as possible. Because I was, it was a few nights in a row that I was belting for a few hours straight. Mm -hmm. Not having a lead. No, I was definitely not <laughs> not a having character. a solo. <laughs> no, I did have a solo. Oh, never mind. But it was like three seconds long. Apologies. Anyway, apologies. Not only did I put myself on vocal rest, but I found it necessary to make a sign, put it around my neck, <laughs> to tell people I was on vocal rest. Oh my god! And not only was it a sign, it was also a pun, because I put a whole rest on there. <laughs> And if you know anything about music, then you'll know like a whole rest is like a rest that you take for the whole measure of a bar. Oh my God. So I was therefore implying I'm not talking at all. So did they make fun of you or what happened? I honestly think I, I think I repressed the memory. Oh my God. It only exists in photo form now. You have a picture? No. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I need to see this picture. If I if <coughs> I can find it, I will us. post it on the Instagram. <laughs> I just love the idea of you walking around sipping tea. I'm a vocal rest. Yep, that's exactly what I did. I'm sorry, teacher. And guess what? My teachers didn't call on me at all, so you cannot answer it worked. the question. It probably didn't help that I was just a chatterbox in class anyway. So they're like, <laughs> so "Oh, thank like, God, oh, she's day. gonna shut up." Talk about a rest. It's a rest for me. Yeah. I cannot imagine. If you were in a teen comedy, I would have gotten fried a, a fucking swirly. Every every period. Yeah. Would have just been walking out of the bathroom and the main characters would have said it would have been a running gag of you just walking out with like a plunger on your head for some reason. <laughs> just <laughs> Excuse me, guys. Believe me, uh, nobody hates me more than me. <laughs> so I I get Hey, it. sometimes get it'd it. be you. You know? Oh, I got my own self. <laughs> I'm my own worst enemy. It's... But it's like that meme where it says, you get $5 billion. Yes. But the person you hate most in this life also gets $5 billion. I'm getting $10 billion. $10 billion, dollars, baby. Let's get it. Welcome back to another beautiful, beautiful episode of... What are you laughing about? <laughs> the deep breath you took before you started that. I have to be It was very zen. nerdy and theater-like. I have to be ready. <laughs> ma. 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 
Yeah, full high school musical routine. Do tiny it. titties. T- <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't what? I don't know. It's not think a vocal warm up. I'm sorry, I couldn't think of another T word. I digress. Welcome back to another episode of the Show Dependent Podcast. What is the podcast about? It's about the things that we love and our show dependent tendencies with those things. I love you just working the brand into the definition. Thank you. You're defining a word by using the word in the definition, and I, I love it. <laughs> they don't want us to do that in school, but uh, sometimes that's all you can do. Well, guess what, nerds? We're not here to learn. We're here to fight and bond over our mutual hatred for each other until a couple special boys change our hearts for the better. Make us want to go to school. Deliver us toys and get us thinking, oh, maybe I should care about my fellow man. Nah, seems overrated. My name is Eddie, and I am one half of this here show-dependent podcast. My other half, my better half, as some would describe, <laughs> is right over here, and oh, her name is... My name is... My name is Kayla. I don't know why I just did that voice. <laughs> I want, I'm in a weird mood today, guys. I'm sorry. All uh, right. Hi, I'm Kayla. How was your day? What do you bring into the podcast this week? I'm bringing chaotic energy and lots of nightmares. A very a sticky heart. I've, I'm very quick to cry this, these past few days. So, um, yeah, you, you could probably expect to be hearing a little bit of that, of that today. <laughs> I love it. Need the raw emotion. Uh, Eddie, on the other hand, has a very, very sticky throat. Got a lot of yeah, dairy. Yeah, sucked down like half a carton of ice cream before <laughs> we started a recording. Of, a lot of dairy in there, so it's feeling a little hoarse. But it's fine because we're going to get through it. And we're going to talk about Klaus, a beautiful, amazing, dare I say immaculate, instant classic of mm-hmm. a Christmas film. Klaus is a 2019 animated Christmas film. It was made in Spain by Spanish director Sergio Pablos. Ooh, say it again. Sergio Pablos. Very nice. In his directorial debut. Holy crap. This was his first movie? Oh, yeah. This guy hits a fucking Grand Slam banger right out of the gate. Uh, It's out of here. Beautifully animated in the traditional style. That is to say for you uncultured swine out there. (laughs) It's hand-drawn. But you wouldn't guess from just how... 3D everything looks. Award shows are stupid and don't actually reward the things that they claim to. Correct. Yes. Because guess what? It is a crime. Nay, it is a tragedy of Shakespearean proportions that Klaus lost best animated feature to fucking Toy Story 4. Yeah, that's that is just um as the kids would say, um horseshit. Oh original original hand drawn heat. Coming out of Spain, coming out of nowhere. Not first... to mention in like a very unique art style. Like it's not this cookie cutter bullshit that we see with like the Frozen franchise. Sorry, that was a little, I had to dump on Disney for a second. Anyway, but like, wow, that's annoying. Congratulations, Eddie. You got me peeved at the jump of this. So thanks. Yeah, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to reward original new things. Now nah, let's just give it to the fucking fourth installment of toy story a movie no one even really wanted to see no and is really not that good no but enough about that we aren't here to complain about award shows we're here to talk about just how amazing this film is 
as I said before, let me reiterate, an instant classic of a Christmas movie. Makes me cry every time. Makes Kayla cry every time. Every goddamn time. So let's get to it with our Meet Cute. Meet Cute. That's our little Meet Cute song. Meet Cute. Eddie and I, this is another film that we exclusively experienced together. So we definitely saw it in 2019 right when it came out on Netflix. It was instant obsession. It immediately got added into our Rolodex of Christmas films to watch because, wow, like the first time we watched it, it was just so good. So oh, good. Tears, tears going down my face. Just oh. oh, I remember you were like inconsolable for maybe... Yeah, it cut me 10 deep. minutes. It cut me real deep. What you do you were, want me to say? Yeah, you were just nuzzled into my bosom. <laughs> and then I'm like crying into your hair and I'm just like... That was a good bonding moment. Yep. It's almost like we're we're in love or something. So we were very like good at expressing our emotions with each other. Nah, I was supposed to hide it from each other. No. You'd never see me cry. No. <laughs> Oof. Couldn't be me. Always got to be crying. Well, you didn't really know what to expect because it was just kind of like this animated film that kind of popped up on our suggested list. And we just decided to kind of like pop it in, see what happens. <laughs> Had to pop it into Netflix. You know. You know, the old God, Netflix machine. I just machine. realized I still say that. Yeah, what does that mean? Pop I don't know what uh, for the Zoomers out here. I don't know what that means. Can oh you explain God. that to me? Some kids have never done that before. Oh, yeah, kids. I would say most kids have never done that these days. Who owns a fucking... So who owns a VHS? Mm. I mean, I guess you can pop in a Blu-ray, and those are still around, Yeah, DVD. Right? Yeah. Pop in a video game, but even that's going the way of the... Yeah. What is it? The way of the dodo? The way of the mammoth. Oh, like extinct, extinct? animals. That was... Yeah. Oh, I never... I had no idea where you were going for a second. All right. Anyway, yeah, no, it was, we threw it on. There you go. That's so weird because it's streaming. Anyway, that was my old lady moment of the day, guys. I got that out of the way. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) But we threw it on and we just kind of went in with the no expectations. We didn't really even watch a trailer, I don't think. Which is how you're supposed to do it. These days, you don't need trailers. Especially if you're going to watch something, you don't need a trailer. Mm -hmm. I want to know nothing. No, no, I want to be surprised by every little thing. I want people to look over at me in the theater and be like, why is this guy so amazed? That joke was in the trailer. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. It's hitting for me the first time ever, and I love it. This is all brand new. It was just such an amazing surprise to get to watch this movie. There's There are very few, like, I think Netflix original films that have, like, hit us. And I know it was more of an independent venture that got, like, picked up by Netflix. It, you know, Netflix content can be very hit and miss, but this was definitely a hit for us. So that was amazing. And we got to, you know, really feel the Christmas spirit. Ugh. Even though this film is surprisingly not Christmas central. No, it's weird in that way because mm-hmm. while it definitely is about Christmas. Yes. It's not for like 95% of it. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely... A Christmas movie. Oh, it's the perfect film for now. The mm-hmm. lead up to Christmas. Yeah. And it's just, it's a, like a really nice transitional film because it's not like full on, you know, jingle bells and Christmas trees and all that. It's, it's just a really good story that happens to 
tie in Christmas with a bright little bow at the end. So it's it's great. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that uh, I think that'll be a good place to lead us into our uh, getting to know each other segment. All right. Well, let's get to know Klaus. Jesper is a classic spoiled rich kid who's had it too good for too long. His father is the head of the postal service, but daddy is over it. So he tells his son that he has a year to go and establish a working post office and send 6,000 letters in the remote island town of Smearinsburg, where everyone is sworn enemies and not a drop of goodwill is to be found. Jasper, obviously, is less than excited to be there, but if he doesn't get this done, he will be cut off from his father's money and lose all of the comforts he's ever known. Through lots of effort and the generosity of a mysterious toy maker named Klaus, Jesper is able to start delivering toys to the children of Smearinsburg. All the kids need to do in return is write a letter to Klaus and send it through the mail. As the generosity of Klaus spreads, the children of Smearinsburg start playing together and the once tumultuous town turns into a wonderland of joy and love. The mystery surrounding Klaus also starts to change and the children begin to develop stories and rituals around the man, creating the stories that we know and love today. Jesper encourages Klaus to make more toys for the children, especially for Christmas. But once the truth behind Jesper's original motivation for helping send all of these letters and toys is revealed, the town and especially Klaus feel betrayed by Jesper and are deeply disappointed in him. But Jesper rejects his father's offer to return home to his life of luxury and decides that he would rather live in Smearinsburg with his new friends that he's made. Jesper returns apologizes, is forgiven, and continues to be the town's postman. Him and Klaus also keep their Christmas tradition of making toys for children and delivering them together. And even after Klaus passes on, the toys still get made and delivered every year. And that is Klaus. You crying already? I'm holding it in. <laughs> I need you, to You get back in there too. I need to... There we go. Sucked it back in. We're good. (laughs) Now, I'm sure we'll get there. I'm sure I'll cry this episode. That's one thing I can uh, pretty much guarantee at this point. Well, now that we've gotten to know Klaus, let's go steady and really dig into why we love this film. Mm -hmm. This story kind of just revolves around the idea of letters and what they mean to not only... The people who write them, but the people that receive them. Not only is it kind of centered around the idea of actually sending letters through the post office and taking the time and effort to create a letter and put it through the process of going through the mail and getting stamped and paying for postage and things like that. But it's also a really amazing way to talk about like the origins of Santa and beginning that communication as a child. So that's a really, really strong jumping off point for just, you know, taking my soul and stomping it into the ground. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it immediately hits you with that young kids, they know, hey, I need to write a letter to Santa. Mm -hmm. I'm not even really sure what a letter is. I mean, I could write the letter B, but what is this going to help me get an Xbox? How is this going to help me get my... Well, if you uh, can make an X and draw a box, we mm, might be able to get that communicated. <laughs> now, hold on now, mother. <laughs> now you're starting to make sense to me. Yeah. But that's the cool thing, like, with this movie is even though the kids in Smearinsburg don't know how to write, 
they still want to be able to express themselves in the, the letter that we first get to, or quote-unquote letter, the first I- image and inkling of any desire that we get to see from a child in Smearinsburg is a really sad, depressing picture. <laughs> yeah, them pretty much in jail. Yeah, and looking very sad with a frowny face. But it's really cool how, like, ah, they just did a really great job of kind of not explaining away, but a way of making it work so that way kids and parents could kind of work together and collaborate in the understanding of how Santa, or in this case Klaus, receives and understands messages from children. Because that was something that I always kind of had a hard time with growing up when I was still in the believing phase, is like... But like, what if I, what if kids can't write letters? What if I, what if I spell something wrong? What if it's, you know, That sucks, kid. Yeah. You better be perfect. Otherwise you ain't going to get it. Good Lord. Okay. We got Grinch in the corner (laughs) over here, guys. What is that? Let me see here. Let me read. Let me put my uh, bifocals on. Kayla says she wants a barbed. I don't know what that is. A Barbie. We'll we'll give her a barbed wire. It's fine. There you go. That's what she asked for. (laughs) What if Santa was a stickler? He's just That's anything Krampus. anything misspelled <laughs> ass. Idiot. Oh, moron. I'm sure there are parents <laughs> like that out there, isn't there? Oh, I'm sure to think about? You write it correctly, otherwise you get no presents at all. You're missing an Oxford comma! What seven Shh. times seven? <laughs> oh. <sighs> okay, now you're triggering me. This is sounding like my childhood. You gotta stop. Uh, yeah. I don't know, it just it just hits you. It says fuck letters. We know what that was. Mm-hmm. The magic of a letter, the magic of writing and sending a message. I mean, let's take it back before this generation, back before instantaneous messages and all Mm. that. The magic of sending a letter. It was pretty exciting. Anytime (laughs) you got like a letter in the mail. Yeah. I mean, I still get excited when I get birthday cards in the mail or anything like that. Yeah, because you sit down. Someone took the time out of their day Mm -hmm. to get paper. Oftentimes, very thick paper. Mm-hmm. Nice paper, with sometimes with pictures on it. Get their best pencil. Or pen. And just write? Wild. For you? That's pretty special. When they could be doing TikToks? Oh, I could be taking the talk. <laughs> they could be, I don't know, absorbing the copious amounts of Netflix, films, series, every other streaming thing. Yeah. But no, they sat down. They wrote a letter, they gave it to a snail and said, off you go, deliver Aww, it, sir. Oh, that's really cute to think He puts about. on his little hat. Oh, you don't even like snails, but I no. think you still think that's pretty cute. He puts on his little bag around his shell <laughs> and gets to running. Oh, that's cute <laughs> to think about. No, but like letters have a really like, oh, that's the cool thing about, and I really hope this isn't a medium that's lost forever i mean it's already on the the down you know the downslide but that's a really amazing thing that humans have been able to cling to for a long time is letters letter writing yeah yeah. and being able to like communicate through through a physical means being able to hand something to somebody or read something oh spray some perfume on it Mm -hmm. or in like the uniqueness of everybody's handwriting like it's pretty that's something that a lot of people don't really get to express now. But Comic like... Sans. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the worst font known to mankind. Ugh, throw it out and cut off communication for the rest of our lives. Disgusting. 
letters are just oh, such a good way to get started on in this film. Yeah, because so ultimately, smart. ultimately, how does everyone get started with Santa? Is a letter. Mm-hmm. But you it's know what? You develop else? the relationship. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know what else about this film? I just love that has to be said right off the bat. Okay, go ahead. What is it? We've alluded to it. We've said pretty much it already. So I don't know what I'm talking about illusions, but <laughs> just the the animation in this film is oh, it's like a kiss. It's so so beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And it came out, you know, I could be wrong. I want to say at least a year, give or, you know, plus or minus of Into the Spider-Verse. But those were just two films that we saw that just have such amazing art that Mm -hmm. I think hold up, hold themselves up on the art alone. Oh, my God. Let alone having some of the best stories I've ever seen in my life portrayed on film or in anything, Mm -hmm. you know. Klaus is just so beautiful. I mean, it's traditionally animated. It is hand-drawn 2D animation. And then, as Kayla said, you can go look it up on the internet. They used lighting to make it look 3D. Mm-hmm. But it's not 3D. It's all hand-drawn. It, that that breaks my brain. It's insane. I like, mean, huh, as somebody who like dabbled in art growing up and just, you know, from the very rudimentary skills I've acquired through throughout my education just being able to like create that kind of depth with color and lighting alone is just like it's fucking mind-blowing to me because you look at some of these image like pull up just any random screenshot from this film the depth and like texture that is created through just the art style alone and then you throw the lighting on top of it it's it's crazy I i don't it blew my mind finding out that this was a 2d film it's such a unique style and it's so beautiful and the proportions of everything are really pleasant to look at and they're cartoony without being insanely (laughs) kooky and weird it's beautiful it is beautiful it immediately sucks you in and it brings you into this world of whimsy Mm -hmm. because nowadays so many things and i think we're starting to get back away from it Mm -hmm. because Early on in animation, everyone, I think, was thinking, wow, look what we can do. Let's make everything look unique and different Mm -hmm. and not like real life because we can't make it look like real life. Mm -hmm. So let's just stylize the hell out of it. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, after computer animation and video games started coming out and CGI started really taking off, then it became, let's make everything look as realistic as we can. Yeah, like almost hyper-realism. disastrous Mm -hmm. effects with some of these movies that have aged terribly yeah i'm looking at you scorpion king i'm looking at you twilight breaking dawn (laughs) uh disgusting i just had a flash yeah it's It's like a jump scare in my mind (laughs) (laughs) shut your eyes there she is oh my god ever approaching yeah what did they call her chuck esme chuck esme oh my god you know we had the push to get as real as we can because that's what people wanted, I guess. I don't yeah, really know. I think know. it was more of like an idea of pushing the medium as far as it could go. Way into the uncanny. <laughs> and we're almost and we're still pushing it. Yeah. Well now the now it's like advanced into like deep fakes. Oh god. Which is a whole other Terrifying. beast. Terrifying. So freaky. Terrifying. The world is gonna suck in ten years. No we'll one anyone, last that long. No one anyone says is going to be able to be believed. No, no one believes anything now to begin with. No. 
You will look We're at the sky <laughs> and say the sky is blue and someone's going to say, well, I did my own research and mm. actually, yeah. I think you're a demon. Yeah. So I have the right to shoot you with my AR-15 that mm-hmm. I picked up down at the local Toys R Us. Perfect. It reminds me of that, and this is maybe just more of a callback for us. You know that scene in um, Hercules where Thebes is like on fire and he's just <laughs> yeah. running around? That's just going to be our day-to-day existence. That's right. Um <laughs> It's just going to be a day-to-day thing. Life imitates art. Mm -hmm. Let me finish this thought. Now I think that we're starting again to see with the return of 2D animations Mm -hmm. and cartoons becoming so much more just out there and unique and video games. A lot of the best video games um, lately have had very unique styles. Yeah. And Nintendo's always pushed this with just always having... I feel like Nintendo always has just very stylized worlds because they said essentially a long time ago, we're just going to make fucking whimsy and make Mm -hmm. people forget about what they're doing in real life. For sure. And I think that more and more now people are saying, you know what? I actually want things to be cartoony and different Mm -hmm. and not realistic because... I don't know about you, but I don't need to see the gritty hyper-realism of every single thing that was big in the 70s and 80s. No. I mean, look at the big... Fucking Clifford, Clifford. the big red dog. Oh, my it God. It looks horrible because it's they didn't even try to make it cartoony. No. It just looks like a shitty dog dyed red. Mm-hmm. They should have just gotten Airbud, dipped him in some red paint, and called it good. Airbud Productions. Oh, my God. Cats? No, but... So bad. Oh, the musical to try on and the ma- film. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. to try and make it... Oh, they're realistic cat people. No. Why are we doing this? I said, and I still think they should do it at some point, if they just animated it like a cartoon. Oh, my God. Have little cute cats singing and dancing. Yeah, <laughs> Not only would Adorable. the film have probably been successful Mm -hmm. but then kids would have wanted to see it yeah and then you double triple your market value or whatever your return and i would keep them quadrupeds personally oh god yeah let's not have them bipedal that's a tap dancing with four legs that's a skilled cat that is four shoes you gotta tie um (laughs) that could get complicated no it's it's so cool to be able to get this return to 2d animation the reimagination of the medium is really exciting to see. And that's the cool thing, at least from what I see on like TikTok and Instagram, is like it's so cool to have your own style and expand and build a world within that style, which is what this film does so successfully, is they're able to create these beautiful landscapes and concepts and then put us inside of it and flesh it out with characters is really really cool you know what else is a beautifully fleshed out animated film i don't know what the emperor's new groove Yay! and there's a and there's a lot similar about the main character in the emperor's new groove aka Cusco. <laughs> that was horrible and off Cusco. yeah we need to cut that um do you want to try it again no i'm good let's you pretend like that didn't even happen let's try it again Cusco. And the main character in Klaus, whose name is... Jesper! For one, I gotta say, Jason Schwartzman does sound a lot like David Spade. Oh, yeah, they do have a lot of vocal similarities. <laughs> and, I, and I gotta believe that Jason Schwartzman maybe was inspired by Cusco. 
Yeah, isn't that weird? His line delivery in this film is very much the same way David Spade did Cusco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're they're virtually the same character. Yeah, which is weird. It's kind of strange. But I don't mind but it. But and and they're different enough. Yeah. They they quickly sort of reach a fork in the road. Yeah. And go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at the beginning, you may as well be watching Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it's such a fun trope to play with, like just the jackass rich kid who's just mm-hmm. spoiled beyond belief. Like it's such an easy it's and I don't want to call it low hanging fruit because it's not like it's just a very it's a very easy trope to cling on to because it's 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 easy to start hating the protagonist because you're you want to be against him because he's a douche. So, yeah, of yeah course. never had to work. Treats mm-hmm. everyone like the, his own personal butler. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's pretty fun because we love Emperor's New Groove and oh another and this film. So it's another film fun. that's just unique, mm-hmm. great art, amazing music. Yep, just was its own thing. More like chunky character design. I mean, like block. When I say chunky, I mean like um, more squared designs mm-hmm. instead of like the smooth curved lines of like. Oh yeah, stylized. Know, yeah, like the Disney, you know. The, the golden age of em- Disney, Emperor's which was all New about Groove. curves and smooth lines. and Emperor's New Groove really is, I think, a key point in comedic development. Oh, yeah. Of the current generation of comedy. Oh, yeah. Ask, ask any millennial. Millennials. Hey. Only 90s kids. Yep, that's, that's us. But ask anyone. First of all, a lot of people have made the claim that Emperor's New Groove is underrated. I don't think it is at all. Not by ju- this generation. Oh, not by us. Everyone no. fucking loves this film. Mm-hmm. But just the comedy in that film. So funny. I think directly led into so many comedic things that have happened recently. So many memes came from Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> and definitely this film is influenced by that comedy of Emperor's New Groove. Oh, yeah. Just the... Like, lots of physical humor. In yeah, this. the physical humor, people being tossed, quick, like, jump cuts. Yeah, the, like, eerie spooky nature of like the kids <laughs> in this movie yeah just like the dead eye stare as they stab a snowman with <laughs> carrots mm-hmm. she's like oh boy this is dark but this leads me to my first of uh, maybe a new segment a new sort of recurring thing Ooh. we could do i don't know about segment but it's called the classic tropes oh classic classic am i right because we have a classic trope here right off the bat it is the achieve this or your cut-off trope. Ah, yes. Nothing like parental caveats and ultimatums <laughs> to really motivate a child. You will have my love if you go to the same college I did, child. And do the same profession that I did, son. Otherwise, guess what, daughter of mine? You receive no more monies. You will have nothing. You will be in the gutter. Your pony will be turned into glue. Are they really made out of horses? <laughs> kind of. Well, you mean kind of. Um, I think what happens, and they can correct me if I'm wrong, um, they being the audience, I think what happens then was when animals like bovines and horses uh, die, they grind up their bones. <laughs> oh my God. And they turn it into gelatin and glue. 
Really? I think so. I haven't heard the word bovines in forever. That's why Elmer's <laughs> glue, that's why I'm pretty sure, that's why Elmer's glue oh, has the bowl on it. shit. As like a final fuck you? I think so. Hey, guess what, Billy the Bull? This your father in your this. Your bones are here. Can't wait to have you. Haunting. Yeah, anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, right. Parents using, you know, basic needs to uh, threaten <laughs> the existence of their children. And not not even just no. rich parents, because, you know, it's the trope of essentially, you do as I say, otherwise I'm not going to give you anything. Yeah. You know what, kid? You're going to finish your homework, otherwise you don't get dinner tonight. Yeah. Um, father, you're telling me you're not going to feed me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have sleep for dinner? Ooh, I had that for, for dinner. <laughs> Delicious. Because, because I'm dumb and you're not helping me with math because you don't know how to do it? Mm-hmm. This yeah. is great. But specifically, this is applying to the rich kid trope. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's the tough love. I'm going to force you to accept and realize that you're more than just being rich. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what's, what's it? Billy Madison? Oh, yeah, the Billy Madison. Another classic. Another yeah. classico. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. It's the Billy how we Madison. Like all of those movies. Yeah, everyone loves. I mean, what what is a trope? It's just a thing that happens over and over again? Yeah. I mean, there's a reason there's so many of them, or not even that many. Yeah. There's a reason that all stories can kind of be classified into very small. A very small list of all the tales that can ever be told, right? Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's our setup. He needs to go to Smearinsburg, get 6,000 letters. How is he going to do that? Who fucking knows? You know, he also, doesn't you know. have a year. Deadlines oh, yeah. are always have very have, important for this Have to have a time trope. limit. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you know, you just do it whenever. We need, to have a, we need to have an end goal. Yep. We need to have a fixed meeting with the devil. That's another trope that's really important is deadlines like midnight in Ooh, fairy turning tales, into like, a pumpkin over yeah. here oh, oh my god <laughs> what was that from don't worry about it because okay. right now it's time to get into the meat of it mm, meat the movie's called klaus klaus may sound a lot like uh, another jolly man who delivers presents oh, oh, oh. last name is claus oh. first name santa I don't think that's his first name. Santa. What What are you talking about? Santa means saint. His name is Santa, last name Claus. No, that's not true. Have you never <laughs> seen the Tim Allen movie <laughs> that now I can't think of the name of? <laughs> Isn't it called The Santa Claus? Oh, baby. You're right. Yeah, because you become Santa He's Claus. He's Chris name... Kringle. Papa Gijo. Papa Gijo. <laughs> Sinterklaus. Sinterklaus. Which is just like this one. Klaus. Klaus. Is yeah. his name. In this film, he is known as the Woodsman. The Woodsman. To the people of Smearinsburg. Mm-hmm. He's an intimidating, big, meaty man with big, strong meaty, arms. Big, meaty claws. Who just hangs oh, wait, out. It works. <laughs> by himself. Very nice. And is a recluse? Yeah, he's a bit of a hermit. But because we've got a classic trope going on, Jesper has to figure out how am I going to get these letters. Through this sad boy locked away in his house, he figures out, well, then he sort of stumbles upon it. If I get kids to write letters, then Klaus can deliver toys to them 
because he just have his, has a ton of toys. Uh, not like a ton, but like a ton of toys. So he kind of stumbles into this, but what I want to do now, if we could, sure. is sort of explain all the ways that this movie builds the mythos of Santa. Oh, yeah. And just, again, we're in November right now. We're building towards Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's what this film does. It gives you little... And yeah, they're on the nose for adults who immediately know what it is. But it gives you little bits of, well, this is why Santa does this. Or this is why kids think Santa does this. Mm -hmm. I'll start us off with this one. Do it. Early on, Jesper needs um, to deliver his first letter. He accidentally leaves the picture that the boy gave him in the woods next to Klaus's house. The wind... The spirit of Christmas. We'll get to her later. Seemingly brings this picture to Klaus's attention. He gets an idea. Well, this boy is sad. Let me give him a toy. Better yet, let me have Jesper deliver the toy and I'll go with him. Mm-hmm. And in this, we get the very first toy delivery, which is done in secret. Yep. At night. Jesper goes through the chimney. Yeah. To deliver it. Mm-hmm. And in that, we have... That Klaus, a big man, can somehow go through tiny, tiny chimneys Mm -hmm. because Jesper is a very skinny boy. Oh, he's a skinny one. Little string bean of a man. Yeah, he Klaus like stomps on a plank mm-hmm. and shoots Jesper up through the air and he lands in the chimney and falls through his way down. A classic. Hilarious. Klaus sees the kid happy and right there is born, he says... I gotta do this more. I gotta get more toys out to these kids. Yeah. It's pretty cool how they get to integrate like the mythos of Santa through the actions of Jesper and the observations of the kids. Like another really good one is um, how the naughty and nice list kind of comes into play. Um, I love it. In the manipulation of the kids from Jesper. Because he's kind of... Jesper's, I don't know, if we were to put him on an alignment chart, he's probably or like probably true neutral. I would what say he's think? lawful neutral. Kind of, yeah. Because yeah. he, he sticks to the law. He doesn't like outright does break himself, the law. Though. Yeah, but everything he does is for himself. Yeah. And the reason that he develops this like naughty list concept is because this kid, this like punk ass kid in the You uh, know the type. Yeah, in the in the town, of course he's a ginger. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's not do half that. Half of the town is ginger. That's not really saying anything. But he was kind of a jerk to Jesper, and so Jesper decides, you know what, kid, you don't get your toy. I'm not delivering it. <laughs> and instead, he sneaks a piece of coal that was next to the fireplace into his stocking. The kid's like, "What the hell, man? Like, why didn't I get a present?" He's like. Oh, you you don't know why you didn't get a toy, little boy? <laughs> oh, I wonder why, you little shit. Yeah. Guess what? Haven't we all wanted to? First of all, I had to. I have to say because this part's so cathartic. Oh yeah. In being in the jobs that we're in, and uh-huh. being in, you know, we, Kayla and I have both essentially been in childcare for most of our working lives. Absolutely, yeah. So, if you're in the same boat, or even if you just know a kid, most people know a kid who's just pure shit. Oh yeah. You see the kid and you think, I'm not giving this kid nothing because he don't deserve nothing. So Klaus gets to, or not Klaus, sorry. Jesper. Jesper gets to see this kid complain, say, why didn't I get a toy? He says, oh, because naughty kids don't get toys. Mm -hmm. Bad kids don't get toys. And the kid says, 
Well, how would Klaus even know that I'm being bad? And Jesper has a brilliant idea. He says, oh, because Klaus sees everything. He knows. He, he knows. knows when you're good. He knows when you're doing bad things. And he makes a list of all the kids who are naughty. It's called the naughty list. It's and like, you ugh. don't. And you don't want to be on it. No. And beautiful. then he turns around, fucking explosion music. Fantastic. And he just walks off so. It's delicious. Yeah. And right there we have the naughty list and Santa knowing everything that's happening. Yep. Which has always been just a classic manipulation of children. But that's. Oh, yeah. But again, another thing we'll focus on here in a second. Jesper is kind of. In a way, adults during the Christmas season. Oh, I can't tell you how many times, like, when I worked in a facility where, you know, the vast, I think 100% of the kids in the program were kids that celebrated Christmas. That was such a motivating factor leading up to Christmas. Um, We would, we'd, (laughs) we'd lie to the kids and tell them that the smoke detector on the roof was a Santa cam. (laughs) (laughs) And every time it blinked, it would take a picture oh god <laughs> yeah it was Big pretty brother. intense it might not be wrong Brittany, I'm, who knows <laughs> you know just an fbi agent with a santa head on just <laughs> that, you know that's that's the true elves or fbi agents probably, probably. watching everything going on doing all that mm-hmm. but here's another few examples of what happens obviously they're sneaking which i didn't really understand i mean i guess Klaus just didn't want people to know it was him doing it I think it was more that the parents didn't want their kids receiving toys mm. because it was spreading joy and causing the kids to like want to hang out with each other and like, I mean I, but he didn't he immediately said we're doing this in secret. So it wasn't that. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably cuz Klaus maybe didn't want the attention. Yeah. That's that's what I thought because he's a recluse. Yeah, he's like oh, I don't really need the notoriety. I don't want people to like you know, get upset with me or yeah. ask me for more. So Does his own we, thing. If we keep it on the down low, it'll make things easier. As Jesper is delivering these toys, being tossed around by Klaus all over town. Hilarious. He, you know, sneaks into buildings where Klaus shouldn't be able to get into. So there's that whole being able to go wherever he can myth. Sometimes he doesn't really see a place he can put the toys. So he puts them in the stockings that are hanging around. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... He just gets hungry, so he eats the cookies that people coincidentally left out. Yeah, so that's where you get the milk and cookies thing. And so the kids just see all these things happening and say, oh, he loves milk and cookies, so leave it out. And Mm -hmm. if you leave socks out, he'll put toys in the socks. Yeah. And this, and it's just, I don't know, it's it's so beautiful, it warms your heart. Mm -hmm. At least it warms my heart. The best one has got to be the flying reindeer story. The old horse that they have. Pulling them on this sleigh. Oof, poor buddy. <laughs> poor boy. There's too many toys. He's and not Klaus strong. Klaus is a big man. And Klaus is a big boy. So they get, they catch some local wild reindeer. Reindeer! Put them on the sleigh, tow them. But one time, the shitty, I guess, main antagonist of the film cause an accident. The sleigh loses its wheels. The reindeer go running off because they're scared. And they take off from a ramp. Yeah, because the carriage becomes a sleigh because it loses its wheels. And then it's (laughs) being dragged by these reindeer over a cliff. Yeah. They catch big air. 
And just by coincidence, a kid is looking out the window at the same time. Just, <gasps> and it looks like the sleigh is flying through the night sky. So the next day, the kid comes running in and says, hey, you're not going to believe what I saw He's last night. flying reindeer, <laughs> man. And Jasper and Klaus share a laugh because the whole time Jasper is telling Klaus, oh, they think you do this, this, and this. And they just laugh about it. And oh, kids are something else making up these stories. But it spreads the story of Santa. Mm -hmm. It spreads, I guess, the story of Klaus because they just call him Mr. Klaus. Mm -hmm. But it, you, you know what it is. We know what it is. We know what we're going with here. So speaking of Mr. Klaus. Klaus. Where's Mrs. Klaus? <laughs> okay, I didn't mean <laughs> I wanted it to be a fun transition and now you're just getting sad. Well, she's dead. No, why? What happened? Her and... Well, her name is... Lydia, right? Yeah. I think so, yes. Yeah. Her name is Lydia, and her and Klaus got married. And they were very in love, and they built their house up in the co like up in the hills of Smearinsburg. And they wanted to have lots and lots of kids, and they tried for a long time. But they weren't able to have any children. And then after a while of trying, Lydia got sick and no. um, died. No. And that left Klaus alone in this big empty house with all these toys that he had been making in hopes that one day he'd be able to give them to his children. And no. His children never came. Oh, my God. It's so sad. Mm. It reminds me of another another man we've talked about. Another man who was just expecting his beautiful child to come into the world. Had a beautiful wife. I can't believe you're doing loving this. Loving <laughs> wife. They both only wanted to bring children into the world and be happy. And when he knew that he had a child on the way, he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make this boy a doll. I cannot believe you're doing this to me A right beautiful now. doll by the name of Billy. <laughs> and when that, to hell. And, when, and when that boy is born, I'm going to look at him. I'm going to give him Billy the doll. And I'm going to tell him, hello. My name is John Kramer. Jesus Christ. I am your father. You really had to do the, the Saw Claws crossover, huh? Hey, son, would you like to play a game? Oh, my God. It's called Minute Math. Oh, my God. If you do not finish this, if you do not finish your eights in time, you will not have dinner tonight. Oh, my God. Eat or not, the choice is yours. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a lot like John Kramer. Isn't that funny? I guess that, that could just be another classic trope. The father making toys for their soon-to-be child that never comes. And that just breaks your oh, heart. Oh, who was that? Who was the author that was like, write, write the saddest story possible in like uh, five yeah. words or Isn't less? Isn't it Hemingway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... For sale. For sale. Baby shoes. Baby shoes never worn. Yeah. Oh, no. What happened? What What happened? Did he not like them? He hated the shoes. <laughs> That's what we're going to go with. No, but Mrs. Mrs. Claus died. Yeah, she died. It's fucking bullshit. He That's didn't so deserve sad. that. <laughs> um, another really important part of their home was that they had like an allocated area in his workshop, I believe. He had carved out in the wall these little cubby holes to represent where their little children would go. So he made a figurine of himself and Lydia 
and put it at the top of like the little their tree is like their family tree. It's like tree. a little family tree, and then the other little spots just were vacant. No. And then Lydia uh. died, so that was like another piece missing. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's so it's so sad. It and is she, sad. And she loved birds, so he like obsessively made bird houses. Yeah, and just flung them up into the trees in the woods. Try, to, like, try and still make her happy. To remember her and see the birds and think about her. Yeah, but it's funny because Mrs. Claus does have a presence. She's so cool. At least it seems like it because mm-hmm. every time Klaus is denying things, not really sure what to do. Mm-hmm. Something happens. Yeah. I alluded to it. I said it earlier when Jesper and Klaus make their first delivery. Mm-hmm. Because prior to that, you know, Jesper just sneaks in. He's not really sure what's going on with Klaus. He's intimidated by this big, meaty oh, man in front of him. Terrifying to look at. So as he's trying to explain things... The wind pushes this drawing done by the child to... The wind, like, blows the picture right in front of him. Like, forcing him to confront this and do something about it. So, it's really cool because even though Lydia is gone physically, her presence is still very much felt throughout the film. Mm -hmm. And she is constantly kind of like the spiritual force that is intervening in Klaus's life to push him towards the things that Lydia believes will make him happy and make him feel whole again. Oh. Oh my god, I'm getting emotional already. Because, you know, I don't know. It's always sad. I think it's sad. Oh, the dead wife trope? Yeah, nobody likes it. Or just, you know, just a dead spouse thing. But I always think it's sort of bittersweet and, I guess, deeply sad. Mm -hmm. Whenever, in anything, media or real life, when a spouse of someone who has died, you know, you see them like, looking up and like talking to their dead spouse mm-hmm. it's just like oh it's fuck. So, sad. so sad you know because he's just oh i don't know what i'm doing here you gotta help me out and it's mm-hmm. just oh man yeah why aren't they here with you yeah how come this happened to you mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna go get them back yeah and then i and run to the underworld and that's the hard thing like with klaus because like for if we haven't mentioned it or you guys aren't aware jk simmons plays klaus yes and he doesn't say a lot of lines throughout the film. For the first third, at least, of the movie, he's pretty much completely silent. No, that's true. I hadn't he's really very, thought of He's that. very quiet. So it's really cool to get to like see the layers of his personality kind of get pulled back. We also get to hear the ho, ho, ho <laughs> when he lets out like that jolly chuckle. And it takes a long time for us to even get that because he's been so reserved and like cut off. And not wanting to feel joy or maybe even potentially feeling guilty for being happy without his wife. Mm. Um, another sad thing like that people put on themselves is like, well, I, I, do, do, I, do I feel bad about feeling joy without them? Or like, yeah. yeah, that's another cool thing that they integrate with the mythos. And that um, Jesper makes fun of Klaus for is having <laughs> that ridiculous laugh. Really? That's how you laugh? <laughs> um but to sort of make this a little bit better Mm -hmm. by the end of the film klaus has a new family Mm -hmm. in jesper and the teacher who we haven't really mentioned up until this point yeah what's her name 
Miss something. They don't say it very frequently. But she's the school teacher for the Smearinsburg kids. Yeah, she just kind of becomes a part of the family. Obviously her and Jesper kind of fall in love with each other. Her and... name is Alva? Yeah, Alva. Miss... I forget her last Miss name. Miss Alva. I don't know. Oh, I think they just do call her Miss Alva. Anyway. Yes, but by the end of it, you know, the teacher in the film, she's with Jesper, and Jesper is obviously the family of Klaus, but there's another character mm-hmm. who is just, I don't know, it's so, it's so sweet. It's so nice. Yeah. She is a little Sammy girl. Yeah. Which Sammy was, I don't, I don't know if I should say was, an indigenous culture. Oh, yeah. It's in kind of... Norway, I believe. Yeah. It's similar to, you know, the indigenous tribes of America that live in yeah. Alaska and all that. Mm-hmm. But she randomly shows up on Jesper's doorstep. Yeah, her name is Margu. Yeah, just speaking a different language. She's like, the hell? And, and he's she's just... wearing, like, colorful clothing. <laughs> she very much sticks out like a sore thumb in the uh-huh. village. Um, she's blonde which none of the other characters mm-mm. are yeah. he just pushes her away by hitting her with the door and just pushing <laughs> <laughs> pushing her in the door with it also it's really kind of cute how um she her art style like the way her face looks it reminds me a lot of like lilo oh, from yeah. lilo and stitch very it's round. very much like a round face with the the more um angled eyes and then um like the cute little nose and she's just, oh, she's just so cute. And you oh have no idea God. what she's saying. That's like, this is no. adorable. And I, I, I'm sure it exists on the internet, obviously. The mm-hmm. translations of what they say. Oh, yeah. I'd love to know what she says. They never translate it. You're just left in the dark, much like Jesper, which is good. It's a good effect. Mm-hmm. No one understands really what she says. But it's obvious that she wants a toy. Yeah. She want, but she also just wants to hang out. Yeah. And she help. just doesn't know. She doesn't have the language to express what she wants. But she is a big leading, driving force. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of ings for Jesper. For Jesper and for Klaus to really commit yeah. to this toy thing because they essentially run out of toys, and Jesper, still being selfish, says, "I need these letters, so I still need toys." Klaus, I came up with an idea. We can do Christmas. Klaus isn't really sure. This is the point in the film where Jesper accidentally exposes the tree. And Klaus gets upset because it's very personal to him. Mm-hmm. Kicks him out. Jesper says, you know what? Fine, I'll do it myself. And he tries to make a toy for Margu. Yeah, a sled. Mrs. Claus, the spirit of Christmas. Please. Convinces Klaus to give it another go. Mm-hmm. He shows up. They don't need to say any words. But they make a sled and they do a long distance delivery mm-hmm. to Margu. Out into like the ice flats of Norway. Mm-hmm. And it is during this time we can talk about the song oh. that is in this fucking movie. Mm. They deliver the toy. They wait hidden but nearby. Margu wakes up the next day. She's like, oh my God. I mean, we don't know what she says. <laughs> but we we vaguely gather like, oh my God came it came and then she unwraps it uh-huh. and then it's a wind it's like a wind sail sled yeah. so she's able to like skate on the ice on her sled by using the wind and it's oh, and the song comes pure in joy i'll put it here
the song is just so beautiful. And I know, I don't think I've actually explicitly said it on the podcast yet. But I'm a fucking sucker for Christmas. Like you, no, you really? play, you, you play any Christmas song around me, my heart immediately goes like, oh, Christmas. it's just, it's just Christmas. It's the Christmas. time of year where everyone's happy, and I know it's a trope and it's cliche and all that. And it's not true patently, but whatever. It's the time of year where people are happier and people just seem to want to go out of their way to give mm-hmm. others happiness and. Yeah. It just melts my heart. The song is just talking about essentially the Christmas spirit Mm -hmm. and saying the best things in life are invisible. Mm -hmm. It's that feeling because Jesper and Klaus see it when they Mm -hmm. see Margot just elated, full of joy with just a toy. Mm -hmm. And it's not even necessarily about the toy. It's about her being able to... Yeah, it's about the feeling. Yeah, the feeling. And being able to give that feeling to somebody. Yeah, because that's what drives Klaus initially. And then in this point, Jesper sees it and mm-hmm. he's like, Fuck, That was, that was is... Jesper's face turn. Yeah, because when they come back, Jesper's just adrenaline going. He's just on cloud nine. Just Did you see her? At first I thought it wasn't the right size, but that was the perfect size. And you mm-hmm. see her going and he's just talking a mile a minute. And Klaus is just looking at him like he gets it now. Mm-hmm. I see it in him. Yeah. And it's just ah, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. Your heart. I just watched you and your heart was is the shape of a, a gingerbread. <laughs> okay. And it's full of hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. So ooey gooey, cute Christmas spirit. I love it. It's yeah. So good. Yeah. Because yeah. that's just, I don't know. That's what Christmas is supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to tear up already. I know. But... You got to save it for the end. <laughs> I don't know. Because it isn't. I get it. It's commercialized and capitalism and all mm-hmm. that. But that's not what it is, right? No. That's not what it is to me. It's no. about making other people happy. Mm-hmm. Being able to see, well, look, this simple thing that I bought or this thing that I made even better mm-hmm. makes my parents or makes my family or your loved ones, your friends happy. And it's just, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. So this song and this movie to me at this point are just like, Everything's coming together. Oh, yeah. And I'm so invested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm crying. And I'm just, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so it's so good. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be yeah, real. Yeah, I know. The the part that, like, I mean, we didn't really get into it. But um, Margu's family ends up coming to live with Klaus. Oh, yeah. That's where I was leading it. Yeah. It's um, because once Margu expresses to her family, like, this is the man that did this, mm-hmm. they kind of want to re- repay the favor. And, you know, with their limited language, they basically come to an agreement that they'll help Klaus make these toys for these kids. So they kind of become the elves. Oof. Yeah. And it's cool because they, um, you know, they're not, I mean, the smallest one is Margu because she's a child. <laughs> but... um. Everybody else is like normal size. The only thing that really kind of differentiates them is their language and the way that they dress, which is like very traditionally, you know, bright, bright, blue and red, blue and red are their colors. Yeah. And then it's it's really (laughs) sweet because then they, they make little figurines of the, the villagers and put them on the tree. Because he's got a family now. Klaus has a family. 
<laughs> it's adorable. And Klaus is just, you know, uh, as you can imagine, the face just... Now I'm crying. That's <laughs> so what this movie does. It's beautiful. Yeah. Show dependent on it immediately. Uh, Spoiler alert for later. Uh, the relationship is... Completely show dependent. Completely show dependent. Uh, Think about this anytime it gets close to Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's, when are we watching Klaus? Oh, yeah. Because I need to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we watched this the other day. I, I cried like five times. It was a lot. Um, yeah, but like the the whole idea of being able to choose your family yeah. and make a family out of something that was broken is like, oh, oh it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. It is very nice. Let's talk about something that's not so nice. What? Just very briefly, because I have to say... You know, this podcast here, we talk about the things we love about films, mm-hmm. our show dependence on them, needing to see them, needing to watch them over and over again. But in this film, a film that I love, I would almost dare say it is a perfect film, despite of this next thing I'm going to say, because oh, yeah. the main antagonist is two rival families. Their names don't really matter. It's just you can picture the Hatfields and the McCoys, but turned out to like a million and cartoony yeah wild they just have a blood feud they fight so the town is divided they're just a driving force in the sense of it's a way to get jesper's actions shown as uniting the town and changing the town for the better and also the heads of the families are essentially there just to drive the main point of jesper's deception yeah being found out and then it's just sort of quickly resolved i don't know i just i think the storyline is definitely the b plot yeah it's weak and i just don't care about them because it's kind of dumb and it's not really fleshed out that well either no and it's just i think it's supposed to be kind of like a concentrated version of just like like generational trauma and inherited beliefs and mindsets yeah so just kind of going against um the, the toxic traits that our parents may have tried to instill in us mm-hmm. and kind of turning into like the more the the sweet tender nature of a child mm-hmm. and really just wanting to be good for goodness sake yeah i mean being there for your fellow man and neighbors yeah because i cried during that part of the movie too when Which they start one? being nice to each other <laughs> yeah. and inviting each other into in one another's homes and having brunch and uh, brunch brunch one and, one guy fucking hates brunch oh, i love brunch they said they're having brunch they're doing brunches and i can't <laughs> have it i won't stand for this and potlucks yeah but but it speaks to your point mm-hmm. i'll let you say it about the kids and their environment yeah and it's just it just kind of goes to show like kids are mirrors of their environment they're going to reflect what they're given so as soon as that one little child has the opportunity to like feel joy, it kind of catches like wildfire. And the kids themselves kind of start their own revolution of like positivity. Oh sure, yeah, the power. Yeah. Of positivity. Oh, Jesus <laughs> and sure it's kind of motivated through selfish means because the kids want to be worthy to be on the nice list so they can get the toys that they want. However, it goes beyond that because they're not only doing it for like Christmas gifts, they're doing it because it feels good and they're making friends and having fun for the first time in their life. Yeah. 
which is really exciting. And they get to see their parents have fun for the first time in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's interesting, kids do mirror their environment, but also I do think it goes back to what you were kind of just talking about with parents making their kids a certain way. Yeah. Oftentimes, it could speak to the goodness of man and the nature of man and... I'm when a Sagittarius. Say man, as in human, not yeah, sorry, gender, you know, not the gendered hey, man. I did I didn't make up words and no. how we talk about humanity. <laughs> I should say humanity, huh? We're just using what we've been given. And I'm a Sag, so I'm optimistic. Mm-hmm. Kids are for the most part really good natured naturally. Mm-hmm. They want to like other people and they want to help other people and they don't see all these ugly things that they're taught mm-hmm. by their parents. Yeah. Different race, different culture, different uh, genders and sex and all these things. You know, as sad as it is to say, I do believe that most of that is just carried on generationally, right? Yeah. So it's the status quo that's upheld by the people that raise them. Mm hmm. But in this film, we get to see the kids lead the way mm-hmm. and show their parents, you don't have to be this way. Yeah. And life doesn't have to be this way. We can be better. So in a way, the kids sort of, I guess, if we want to continue the metaphor, they turn the mirror around back yeah. at the parents mm-hmm. and say, This was you the whole time. Yeah. You need to fix this now because you can be like us. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's just very heartwarming, like, at the end. Alva. We should talk about Alva real quick. Real yeah, quick. so Miss Miss Alva's a teacher, and she moved to Smearinsburg fresh out of college, I assume. <laughs> Bright-eyed. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, hoping to make a difference. Got there, quickly learned. Nobody wants to go to school. Nobody wants to learn any skills. They just want to fight and bicker and shoot cannonballs in each other's <laughs> living rooms. Oh, my God. Um... But then once Santa kind of motivates these kids to start writing letters, the kids start showing up. Yeah, because um, what does Jesper do? Because he needs letters. Yeah. Again, it is driven by selfishness. Mm -hmm. But we'll get to maybe why that is justified. Mm -hmm. Some of the kids say, how am I supposed to write a letter to Mr. Klaus if I don't know how to write? Yeah. Jesper says, hmm, well, why don't you go to school? Yeah. There's a teacher there. Who can teach you how to write. Mm-hmm. And in this we get to see, I suppose, every teacher's dream. Oh, the dream. Honestly, of a teacher having kids who want to learn. Mm-hmm. And Miss Alva, whose spirit was broken. Yeah. I mean, she, her school was a fish shop. Yeah, she turned it into a fishmonger's place. Yeah, but she teaches a kid. Mm-hmm. How to write her name. How to write her name. And the kid just looks at it and says, wait, that's my name? <laughs> and you can and she sees the kid's eyes light up because the kid's like whoa like i want to write my name like this is this is who i am this is my name and all the kids are like yeah i want to write my name can you teach me to do this and that mm-hmm. and then quickly she figures out oh, damn it i can't leave these kids mm-hmm. and then she starts pulling from her savings because what do all teachers have to do they gotta pay from their own damn pockets to educate these goddamn kids. At least in America. At least in our country. <laughs> yeah, so she starts digging into her savings that she was saving up to get out of Smearinsburg. And she dumps it all back into she the school. dumps it back in the school. Buys supplies for the kids. Cleans up the schoolhouse. Fresh coat of paint. 
I'm sure fixes a lot of the windows that were broken by raids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then we catch up to the point where she's with Jesper and they got, you know, a little bit of just very friendliness going on. Yeah. But she looks at Jesper who, at this point, he's trying to sort of figure out a way to still hate Smearinsburg. Yeah. And not want to stay. But mm-hmm. he's starting to be like, oh, I kind of want to stay here. And he's trying to find the bad in the city, and Miss Alva looks at him and says, you really don't know what you did here, do you? And they go to this big Christmas celebration, essentially, Mm -hmm. and it's just the whole town having fun. The two rival families mixing together, Mm -hmm. laughing, enjoying food and drink. Ice skating. Ice skating, and then Jesper again sees, fuck. Damn, this is cool. (laughs) This is nice it mm-hmm. feels good to be here yeah again i mean how many beautiful moments are in this film too many for my tear ducts to handle <laughs> well and that's like the ultimate dream i think for most people is to somehow through whether it's their job or their hobby to truly make a positive impact and difference in people's lives yeah and jesper's never thought about anybody else in his life right. it's always been about him And so to finally have a concept of altruism and being able to, to like, see his own humanity for the first time, that must be absolutely mind-blowing. He starts to care about everyone else a little bit more than he cares about himself. Wow. Growth. Speaking of being uh, selfless, I think we had a really cool, like, good comparison that can be made uh, in this film is how Jesper kind of emulates parents around the Christmas season. Because, oh, yeah. Yeah, because he, he's kind of like he's kind of like the double agent, right? Because he knows who Klaus is and he knows how things work, but he also wants to keep a lot of the mystery alive because that's like the motivating force behind not only the children writing letters, but the children's good behavior. Yeah. And I, I think that he wants the kids to be well-behaved for Miss alpha and um (laughs) yeah and you know take care of each other but it's it's pretty frustrating i think for jesper because he gets to hear all the kids just you know singing the praises of klaus and he is amazing he deserves attention he made these fantastic toys but jesper's the one that's doing all the back-breaking labor of delivering these things yeah it's the one getting tossed around taking the hits Uh going down chimneys but no it's all about klaus and you know that's that's something that parents and guardians and people who make christmas for young ones have all have all experienced is kind of like the silent knowledge that you're the one behind the curtain pulling the strings. <laughs> right. But always having to toss it up to the big man uh, up it's, north. It's like that meme of your parents on Christmas Day just watching you unwrap gifts, just sitting there with the mug, <laughs> just a little smile on the face. Just, uh-huh. hmm. Yep. Is that from, that's from Santa, huh? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, Santa mm-hmm. did good this year, huh? Oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, look at Santa. The classic... Um, those are hard to find. Yeah. How did Santa get that? Yeah. Well, that's the fun thing is like, and I don't know, I'm, I think your family's kind of the same way. I mean, we're all grown now. Oh, but we, yeah. we still definitely talk about Santa. And we, um, especially on Christmas morning, we'll still get, get gifts from him, which is exciting. Yeah. We're like, Santa! We're like, Thanks, Santa! And I'll like, you know, I'll like look my parents in the eyes and be like, yeah. thanks, Santa. And it's I mean, just, oh, that's something that I never want to die. 
No, in, in and, I, and I don't think it is. No, but like you know, within within our own, within our own personal family. Oh, like sure. Always, always keeping. Yeah, it's just Christmas. Santa in in the picture. You know that magic. It's the feeling. It's just. It's the ritual. Ultimately, of it all. it's the ritual and the thought. Mm-hmm. It's the thought. Yeah. Yeah, Jesper. From his role, he is silently suffering in yeah. some ways, but also. I do think he's okay with it. Yeah. He's okay with Klaus getting the credit, especially by the end. He knows Klaus is an amazing person and mm-hmm. so much more than just a man. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. And, and it just goes to what the people want, parents want for their kids and for themselves, to be honest, because I'm going to shout out a man, Xavier Woods, the wrestler, Yeah. on the New Day podcast. I sort of, you know, I disagree with him, but I get why he does it, but I also feel like it's a selfish thing. Mm -hmm. He said, no, in my house, we don't do Santa because I'm the one working for it. I'm the one getting the gift, so I want my credit. And it's like, okay, I mean, I guess, and I get it, and, you know, the whole, I don't want to lie to my kid. Okay, whatever. You lie probably your kid five times a day, Mm -hmm. but sure, you don't want to lie to him. It's just, I I feel like it's a selfish thing Mm -hmm. to want your kids to sort of praise you for- yeah yeah but it's also just like and i get it because like one of my love languages is definitely like gift giving i yeah. really get a lot of joy out of making somebody happy by giving them a physical thing sure like that's it's that's always kind of been in my nature and especially as i've gotten older and i've been able to like have means to provide gifts to my family because I have a job. I'm the <laughs> provider now. I have money so I can, you know, I can finance things that I know will bring them joy. It's definitely like a really nice feeling to know that. And I'm not even looking for credit. I, you know, I'm not looking for a thank you or anything. I'm looking for the reaction that I get out of At them. Santa, see? Yeah, out of having, you know, that you know, that sparkle in their eyes or that smile across their face when they open something that makes them feel seen Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's ultimately like i think what the goal should be is it's not really you know like we talked about earlier margu it wasn't about the sled it was about her being listened to and her being able to communicate a need Mm -hmm. and have that need filled and the joy it, it, it wasn't even a need it was a want which is something that especially kids in remote areas kids in low income have so seldom the chance to actually get things that they want to have a want filled is so oh it's just so magical because a lot of the times especially you know not to get too real and too dark but like we don't do that for for families you know for families that don't have the means to provide extra on top of maybe not even being able to provide baseline necessities that's it's truly a magical time of year where Ideally, communities will bond together and really help make these kids feel special. And that's another really amazing thing that happens around this season is that tenderness and giving nature hopefully gets spread. Yeah, I mean, that's what Santa is. That's, yeah. that's my whole point. You know, it's it should just be about seeing the happiness. Yeah, it's and, the you, universal... and you can silently sit there and smile mm-hmm. and look at your kids and do the tropes. Yeah. Oh, looks like there's one more gift back there. Uh, the oh, hidden, looks like you the forgot hidden it. present at the end. Mm, looks like it's from Santa. What could it be? And you one. and you just know. Yeah. I made this happen for my kid mm-hmm. or my loved one or whoever you're giving the yeah. gift to, right? I made this happen for them. Mm-hmm. And you don't need them to 
you, you don't need it. You, you don't need the credit. No. And then five years, ten years down the line, once whoever it is, if it's a kid, figures it out. I remember then, that was such a magical thing. Then it's just the... Because I've said it many a time in my life. I'll say it again here for recording, for mm-hmm. posterity's sake. <laughs> say it into the mic. When I when I realized that my parents were the ones who were Santa and my parents went through all this effort mm-hmm. to make Christmas special, I was never mad. Not no. for one second was I mad or like, oh, they lied to me and all no. that. And I wasn't I, really shattered either. No, I was just, I was happier even because I said, wow, my parents fucking love me. Yeah. Like they care so much about me mm-hmm. that they allowed me to believe in this magic and make Christmas special and make me believe that like miracles could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's when I got a Nintendo 64, Yeah, it wasn't the magic of Christmas then. It was my parents going out and finding it and mm-hmm. making it work, you know, like... Yeah. Going to the effort of hiding the thing. Yeah, hiding it and being like... And especially because, you know, I've done it. I've been lucky enough to, like, do it for my family. Like, my sister really wanted, like, a Mario game one year. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, impossible to find. Yeah. But I found it. And I got one. One of the last ones. And I gave it to her. And I was like, oh, look. Like, I'm continuing it. And it's just like, you know, you go out of your way to make people happy. And sort of make miracles happen because Mm -hmm. you care. Yeah. So it was never like, oh, I feel lied to or I feel mad at them for lying. It was just... Yeah, you didn't feel stupid for believing. No, because yeah. it's just, I'm thankful to have that love and support. Mm-hmm. And people who want to do that for me. Yeah. I remember like the special thing that I, I started to pick up on as I got a bit older. But like the special script that my mom would use to sign the, the Santa. <laughs> like, wow. The commitment. Kayla. Love Santa. Mom. But it was like, you know, like special almost cursive writing that yeah. she'd use to like make it look different wow, and make it look the like, commitment. Yeah. Make it look unique and special and it was that was pretty cool. But it's just like those little those little touches that parents go to or not even parents, just you know, any Christmas makers, I should Loved say. Loved ones. Loved ones that like make the holiday special. And that's the really amazing thing like as about getting older and kind of getting in on it is like everybody collectively getting to become Santa Claus. Yeah. Which is pretty pretty you, awesome. You get to be selfless. Mhm. And you get to give and do it just to make someone else happy. Mhm. Well, that leads us to our second to last point here. Mhm. Because it's another classic trope. We're going back to it. Classic trope. This is the trope episode. Bam, bam. I wish I, I wish I would go to jingles. Ooh, Be jingles. Like this is the classic trope. Da, 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 da. That was pretty good. <laughs> I like that. Maybe we could clip that and just make that the this that the, that's the jingle now. It could be. Here's another one. When you start selfish, mm-hmm. but by the end of it, you have a change of heart. Do the ends justify the means? We could call it the she's all that trope. It wasn't like that. If, if, it okay, was a bet at first. I but, mean, at first it was like that. But, but now, now, I love the you. The classic but now. Exactly. Because Jasper hits us with it. Mm-hmm. As the audience, we get the uh, dramatic irony of knowing that they've already changed their mind. Yeah. They've already had the change of heart. Mm-hmm. Because as I said, the terrible boring rival families their leaders 
They write a bunch of letters, so Jesper hits his quota early. Jesper's dad shows up and says, okay, well, come on back to your life. You can have everything. You did great. You did it, son. And obviously this conversation that was supposed to be secret plays out in front of everyone else. Yep. So Klaus, Alva, all the Samu, Sammy yeah. um, families, everyone hears it. And he's Jesper just, of course, goes to the... It's not like that, you know? That's not what I meant. It maybe started out that way, but th- this isn't but what I wanted. But it changed, and now I just... I changed! Mm-hmm. But they're still mad, and they still feel betrayed. Yep. Which is understandable, but I want to open it up and say, should they be? Like, what? Because obviously in most media, yeah. the people are mad. But I don't know. Do Do the ends justify the means? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's hard not to have that knee-jerk reaction and be like, oh, so you were just a piece of shit this whole time? Right. And, and that's typically what and, the reaction is. Part of it has to be the hearing it from someone else, right? Yeah. But then would it be better if Jesper came to them and said, hey, like, here's my mail list. I wanted to write these letters or get these letters so I could get out of here, but I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. Well, like, and that's, always, that- that's typically how the trope plays out is... It's accidentally revealed Mm -hmm. against the will of the protagonist. It would have been totally different had Jesper been the one to come forward with that information from jump. I sit you down, Mm -hmm. explain it to you. Mm -hmm. What do you think? But I mean, I don't know. Especially in this movie, Jesper did so much good. Yeah. How could you still be mad at him? I mean, they really weren't mad at him for long. No, they weren't. But I don't know. Classic trope. Doesn't matter in the end. They still accomplished a good thing. So the ends do justify the means. I think so. Because none of this would have happened if he didn't go there. Klaus would have probably died alone, sad. Don't you dare say that to me. You heard me. You take that back. You heard me. I'm going to cut it. And now I'll never be heard. (laughs) (laughs) I have the power. (sighs) No, but yeah, like... If he was never selfish, if he never set up the letters and did this, this, and this, then... X, Y, and Z wouldn't have happened, mm-hmm. and the town would have just been terrible still. Yeah, it still would have been a horrible place to live. Miss Alpha would have hit the water and hit the gotten bricks. out of there. Mm-hmm. And then nothing would have changed. So it's difficult. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it is. <laughs> At least in this movie. And in most movies. The betrayal isn't ever really that bad. Mm, I don't know. She's all that's pretty rough. That's for a different episode. <laughs> That's for the She's All That episode, but yeah. I disagree. We'll save that for the summer. I disagree. Okay. Let's get sad. You literally said that my heart got sad. The end of the film. The last... It was like the last four minutes. Last five, ten minutes, we'll say. Oh, boy. You're going to have to talk. Klaus. I'm, I'm already just not wanting to. After that first Christmas, such a success, Klaus and Jesper sort of start to expand. Jesper gave the idea early, hey, we could deliver further and further. And they start doing that. As the years go by, however, time stops for no man. And thus, Jesper and especially Klaus begin to get older. We start to see Klaus get more wrinkles. Then he gets glasses to show that time has passed. Jesus Christ. Jesper grows a mustache. And after 12 years... 12 years of Christmas. When Klaus is out cutting wood, still making birdhouses, who shows up but the wind, the spirit of Christmas, you know her as Mrs. Klaus. She shows up and seems to 
give a message to Klaus because he looks off screen and looks ahead where the wind is going and says, you know, I'm coming, my love. Mm-hmm. And then he puts his axe down and walks off and disappears. Yeah. Jesper shows up and he looks around. He searches everywhere. But Klaus is seemingly just dropped off the face of the earth. We get to see him talk to Margu when she's older. Oh, she's so cute. It's very cute. She's like cute. A, an older teenager now. Mm-hmm. But they haven't seen him. No one has seen Klaus. He just disappeared. They kind of have to be okay with it and understand that they're not going to understand what happened to him. But we see Jesper and Alva. They got married, seemingly. Mm-hmm. At the very least, they have two kids together. Yeah. See them being fantastic parents. Jesper's doing a great bit. Oh, yeah. Every good dad has a good bit. Gotta get yourself a bit if you're a father. Because he does the postman bit. Hilarious. It's almost I, like he's a postman. Yeah. Or well, he says he's got two deliveries. He just needs to stamp them. Which the letters is... have to go in the envelopes, so the kids have to go in their sheets and get <laughs> under the covers. <laughs> it's such a great bit. He's so good. And he stamps them by kissing them on the head. Mm-hmm. Mwah, mwah. Signed, sealed, delivered. That's it. That's it. They're off to dreamland. And then... My God. Because <laughs> Jesper closes the door and he turns to Alva and this she says... This is Christmas Eve, by the way. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. And Alva says, you know, go for it. And he goes downstairs. And fuck. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But Jesper says that... Uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to try? Nah, I can do it. You can? Okay. He... Says, you know, he stopped trying to understand what happened. And he just accepted what happened to his friend. But soon after Klaus disappeared, the funniest thing started happening. And he says that... (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Every year on Christmas, for some unexplained reason, he gets to see his friend again. (laughs) God damn it, guys. You're just going to have to deal with this whimpering for a (laughs) while. And you just... You, like, just get the sense, like, you get, like, a little, what is it, like, a little jingle, mm-hmm. a little sound. Yeah. And it's, like, Klaus is there, and then Jesper, like... He, like, he like lights up and yeah. smiles, because he He gets smiles, to, and it's just, oh. He gets to see his friend. So beautiful. And it ends, and you're just, oh, no. And then you're weeping like us right now. It's just, I don't know, how how, how can you get any sweeter than that? Ugh, I have locked jaw. <laughs> It's just so nice. Yeah. Because it's just, again, it's about the connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear and us just, wallowing? Yeah. It uh. just hits. And it, hit, and it hits on many levels yeah. for many different people, you know. Yeah. Like, well, especially, like, for people who have lost someone close to them. Yeah. And, um, I mean, yeah. I, I could say it really quickly. I lost a friend of mine. Yeah. And... The thought of seeing him again. Mm-hmm. It's really sweet. It's very sweet. So yeah. whenever you hear that line, at least I do, knowing mm-hmm. that I've lost someone, it's just, yeah. wow. Yeah. And um, it's it's a really good move because like we as an audience don't see Klaus, but it's really obvious that Jesper does. Yeah. So um, just like the comfort of knowing that that person you know, they may not physically be in your life anymore. They're still there. Yeah. Through this, you and, know. And that's what Klaus... Through the magic of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's what Klaus had with his wife. Mm-hmm. And now Jasper has it with him. Mm-hmm. And we get, 
you know, very on the nose, but we get the birth of Santa. Yeah. And Klaus has become Christmas itself. He's mm-hmm. become the spirit of Christmas and the myth became true. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. And then, of course, they hit you with the fucking song right after that. <laughs> yeah, you can't touch it. You I'm can't feel it. I'm just weeping. But it says, fuck, uh, man, yes. You know, it's a good thing I didn't see this movie in theaters because they would not have been able to pry me out of the fucking chair. (laughs) I leaving. I would have just been a puddle. Show me him. Where's Klaus? Good job making it through that. I wasn't sure you were going to make it. We made it through it, and now it's time. I mean, I don't know. Do we even need to say anything? Let's wonder. Let's define the relationship. Can you tell by us? This movie, instant classic for Christmas. I feel like Christmas is going to be the season of tears for us. Yeah, we got a couple of heaters. We're very emotional, especially Eddie around this season. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, I have my own traditions with myself. The other day when the tree was getting set up. You know, yeah, just you hearing, heard that right. His tree is already up, people. you damn right. It should be up on November <laughs> it is 1st. November. <laughs> I was late. It went up on the 5th. It should have been on the 1st. Oh, my God. Regardless. I was playing the Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. The old hits. Mm-hmm. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It just... I heard it and I was just, ooh, mm-hmm. just the joy lights me up. Call it what you want it. Call me a child. Child. A fucking loser. I don't give a shit. I am proudly who I am. Christmas just makes me happy and it makes me want to make other people happy. Mm-hmm. And this movie makes me fucking happy. Oh, yeah. The tears are tears of joy. Mm-hmm. As I said, as soon as we finished watching Klaus the first time and then just watching it again this time, I already want to watch it again. I know, it's so good. It's a movie I firmly believe, if you love Christmas, if you want to spread that joy to your family, you gotta watch this film. Mm-hmm. To me, this is, I'm fully show dependent on it. I think about it every Christmas. The lines, just the one line at the end about seeing his friend again is enough to get me tearing up. Uh, don't say it. Been, Stop saying I've it. I've been thinking about Smearinsburg this whole week. When I say show dependent, I mean it simply is that. we got to start defining this a little more. But it's just, I need this movie. Yeah. I need it every Christmas. It's almost become, I mean, I could say it's on another new thing that I'll start doing. Eddie's movies to sleep to list. Oh, yes. Because I'll often fall asleep to movies to Klaus. Aw, it's it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. I love this film. I want it for the rest of my life, and I can't wait to share it with more people mm-hmm. and, and our own family eventually. You know, yeah, family make own traditions. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. How how can I say it even more? I love this movie, Kayla. How do you feel? Because I mean, I just said me, but do you? Yeah, no. It's um, the feeling is very much the same. I can't really think of a a modern film that does emotionally what this film does to me and that's just like rip me into pieces and then (laughs) like ugh, put you back together Eh, with a with a little bit of residual glue i'm just (laughs) it's like a film that just wrecks you but in the best way oh yeah it's such a grounding film it's a film that makes you feel better it just kind of renews your your faith in a lot of things that you know, especially in the past few years, have kind of been shaken. The goodness in people and the the belief in a better tomorrow. But being able to like get to see these kind of fantasies fulfilled and 
the magic kind of come back to life and getting to see the humanity in these characters, you know, regardless of whether they're animated or not. It's a very healing film, and it's a it's a good thing to, to put on, especially if you're feeling a little bit blue or like you need to remember what a lot of your hard work is for, especially when after this godforsaken season of Daylight Savings changing, where the sun is no longer really with us very much. Um, it's definitely a good, a good feel-good movie to kind of bring light back into our lives. You know, that's a big aspect of what Christmas and Yuletide is about for me, getting to bring that warmth into our homes and our hearts. I can't imagine any more Christmases without seeing this film and watching it and making it a part of our, our tradition. So I know I'm show dependent on this movie for sure. And that has been our episode on Klaus. Thank you for listening to us once again. If you like what you've heard, if you want to spread that cheer and help us out in the process, tell your loved ones to follow Show Dependent Podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. That is S-H-O Dependent. And guess what? You can also follow the podcast page on Twitter and Instagram, also at Show Dependent Pod. That is S-H-O Dependent Pod. Twitter and Instagram. Myself, this crying, fucking weeping mess of a man. (laughs) You're still cute, though. Thank you. My name is Eddie. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Victor V Sweet, playing a whole bunch of fun stuff. My other half, as always, is Kayla. And where Mm -hmm. can Kayla be found? Uh, You guys can find me in the bottom of a toy chest, uh, crying because... I just, I, it's just what I do now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you can find me on Twitter at DJ Vavitch. There we go. And as always, we like to give you a little preview for the next one. And because it is the Christmas season, Hooray! it's going strong. We have, yet again, another one of Eddie's favorite films of all time. Oh boy, Klaus this is a big is, one. Klaus is getting close to maybe becoming number one. Wow. But... I still have to say that my number one Christmas movie, controversial, I know, because mm-hmm. you're going to look at me, you're going to look at me through the phone, whatever you're listening to <laughs> look at the screen. on this podcast, just, just a look of disbelief. you're going to see an eye come mm. out of my screen and just judge me. My fucking favorite Christmas movie is the classic, the comedy that is Jingle All the Way, Baby. Oh, boy. It's fucking turbo time. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. Obviously. How can you not have fun with this movie? Oh, we're going to find out next time. (laughs) You better relax. (laughs) (laughs) I'm teasing, kind of. But mark your calendars. Jingle all the way. Next episode, episode 12. But before we go, we always like to leave you with a little little stinger, a little word of wisdom. That's what is coming to you this way from Klaus. Because Klaus has a beautiful message. I want you to take this. Spread love, spread joy, take care of each other, and never forget, a true true selfless selfless act always always sparks sparks another. another.